Shalom. Hello, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to I don't so know why I just laughing. Too. I don't even know why I said that, but it was because we were laughing before we started recording. I just kind of went with it. But yeah, guys, hello, guys. The problem that I, we, Nat and I have is when we start, we just, we start talking and we just talk and talk and talk. And then we're like, shit, this is what we should be recording. <laughs> Right, exactly. And now we're going to record and we're not going to have anything to talk about. I mean, I'm lying because we always have stuff to talk about. We but, always know, have whatever. something to talk about. You're <laughs> really actually nice. one of my friends. And I, you know what I think? I know this is off topic. Right. Um, but I guess we should, let's do the, the introductions for no, Hi. Okay. <laughs> Hi, everybody. This is Soju Chronicles where we talk about all things, animes, mangas, dramas, books, and, you know, all the in-betweens. Thank you so much uh, for being here. I am Nat. And I'm Nikki. Okay, <laughs> what I was gonna what say, <laughs> what I was gonna say is, you're one of my favorite like friends to talk to because like you, I can just talk to you about anything. Like, and I, when I say anything, I literally mean like just random anything. And I think that's why we never run out of things to talk about because me and you, we just talk about literally anything and nothing is like off topic. Nothing's too niche. Like I can literally tell you about my neighbors, my Mexican neighbors being annoying and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> are they, are they doing fireworks? Is that the reason? Cause I know those yes. are problematic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but also, and also too, just in like, I think because, um, I'm so into like pop culture and stuff like that. Yeah. And you're also like, you know, a pop culture person. Like it's very easy for me to talk to you and have these conversations, but then also get intimate and talk about like my personal stuff as well, you know, but Aww. just wanted to say that. <laughs> <laughs> so I am yes. drinking. Um, I didn't realize that I actually don't have any like, pre-done liquor I don't know if that's the that's not even the right word to say but I realized I didn't have like anything I like I realized I would have to make a drink for recording and I really didn't want to but I forgot that when my dad came he had gotten me like um rum cream so I am drinking Ray and Nevy rum cream um Ray and his nephew Ray and nephew rum cream liquor made with genuine white overproof rum it's 15 percent alcohol it's so cute it has like a little like it says recycle don't drink if you're pregnant don't drive and it says 18 plus because you know it's from fucking jamaica and our drink age is 18 it says enjoy responsibility responsibly um product of jamaica and then it just tells you to refrigerate after opening which it's not gonna happen i don't think i've ever seen ray and nephew in a fridge before in my life well, I'm, this is I'm gonna the, be very this honest. is rum cream though but even I, so yeah, but yeah. Even so. so like yeah my dad bought me he he brought me like and it's a little one it's a little one so this one is it's a 200 milliliter so it's a little one mm. um he bought me that, and then he brought me, like, a Sangster's. He bought me Sangster's chocolate rum cream. But that one was in the big bottle, and I didn't want to open it. But, yeah. Anyways, what are you drinking? Well, I actually also, like, was running really low on alcohol. Um, but I managed to find a cider, a strawberry cider, like, in the back of my fridge. Mm. So this is uh, Tempt 9 Strawberry and Lime Flavored c- Cider. Um, for some weird reason, okay, all of the ingredients and things are in Korean. I did not, oh. I don't know why. I just, 
I honestly just picked it up because I like the oh pen. My, I was gonna say. I hope you didn't very secret random. <laughs> you to Soju Chronicles. I did not. I did not. Um, I actually drank Soju when we were doing our book club meeting. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, but no, this is. I, I like. I'm literally looking at the can for the first, like the side of the can, because like the front is like this really pretty, like flower, whatever. And I'm like, oh, that's nice. And the strawberry is like, okay, great. And then I look at the side. I'm like, why is it in Korean? Like, <laughs> okay, okay. Um, so I don't really have anything to say about this drink. Because um, <laughs> she's like, <laughs> it's in Korean. Yeah. Uh, okay, okay, but yes, that is that. And anime. So, <laughs> let's get into anime. I can go first. Um, I am, I'm going to keep it short and cute because I know you've watched like every episode of Naruto that oh has existed. Unfortunately, unfortunately, that is not the case, guys, because Naruto's fucking long for no reason. <laughs> yeah, so. Okay, I'll go first. So I continued watching Tokyo Ghoul. I finished season two. So basically what happens in season two is, you know what? I did more research because I was very confused because I felt like the end of season one. Okay, actually, the end of season one went more like blended better with the beginning of season two. But then the end of season two to season three, I was like, this is a different show. Like, what the fuck is this? I was so confused, Matt. I was so confused. But anyway, so basically what happens in season two is they had gotten into, like, the huge fight on the 11th Ward with, like, the CCG and, like, the, um, uh, what did it call? Agoris or Agorini? Agori? Agori. Agori, I think, is what they, they're called. Agori? I agree. Whatever. The others like team of people and they're 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 like ran by this um ghoul known as the one-eyed owl right and it was like a whole thing it was a whole bloodbath and all that stuff fighting people died literally they like um the agori they ended up like blowing up it and a bunch of like the soldiers and everything it was like very sad um and then what happened was kanaki ends up he just ends up like leaving and joining the and um he leaves Enteku and joys joins Aguri. And so then, you know, Toka and them were like, oh, it's he's like betraying us. And then it's like he went on like a killing spree for like the remaining like seven episodes. But obviously anybody with sense would know that what he was trying to do was to gain strength and he needed to do that by going on their side or whatever. We eventually like went through and we found out more things about them. We found out more things about people. We find this guy Ray who is very like insane. Um, he's a he's one of the CCG's like inspectors, and he went to school with like these two twins. And then these twins, they were able to like become ghouls themselves. It was a whole thing. But we learned, we ended up learning about the one-eyed owl's backstory. And then it turns out that the one-eyed owl is actually the son of Yoshimaru, who is the owner of the other place, the other, um, Anteku. He's the owner of Anteku who took in Kanaki when he was like going through whatever. And he's the one who's like been helping all of these ghouls and stuff like that, which is actually his penance because it turns out that before he used to just like murder people. He did not give a fuck about anything. He was like killing everybody left, right, center, up, down, around town. He was just murdering bitches. He did not give two shits. And then of course he fell in love with a human and <laughs> they got pregnant and they had this one eyed owl 
right? So then um, Yoshimaru, he eventually figures out that like the CCG has discovered what Antekyu is, which is it's a home for ghouls. So he sends away like Toka and Hinami um, with Yomu, who actually love Yomu. He is so fine. But anyways, he sends them away because the CCG shows up and then it's like, it becomes like a full, there, there was like at least what, three episodes of like fighting between these people. <laughs> like it was crazy, but I liked it. Um, and it eventually ended with Yoshimaru dying. And it was really sad actually. And then we also found out like you ended up finding out backstories of like some of the other people and like um, the devil ape and the black dober were actually to other people that like they seem so nice and charming but they were doing their penance so they were like you know they always they always knew that this was how they would end up type thing and so they were yeah. like we needed to they were like we needed to to this was our penance anyways we we are willing to give up our lives to save you guys type thing um so it was really sad the end of the like season two and then we've um he also hide he they also revealed that he always knew that Kanaki was Hide's his best friend. They're like I swear to God they're gay. But anyways, um they like he found he was like I always knew you were you were a ghoul and it was good. Um Toka ended up a new opened up a new um cafe and it was a nice end of season two. So when season three started, I was like, okay, so they're gonna pick up maybe a couple months after season two or something. All of a sudden, I see Kaneke, but it's not Kaneke. It's some other person named, um, I can't even remember his name right now. What do they call I think they called him uh, Hori or something like that. Hinat? I don't know. But uh, this person shows up and they're like, oh, it's actually Kanake, but he just doesn't know. Him. It's that it's him because Kanake, something happened and they were... Nah, I was so confused. I did not understand anything. I was like, how does that even track with what we just saw? And it was so, like, there were a lot of, like, fighting, and then they had to go undercover to find this and that. I was just like, what happened to the original plot of the story? <laughs> like, what what's going on? So I did some research, and the first two seasons are based on Tokyo Ghoul, the second season is based on Tokyo Ghoul RE, which is a diff not the second season, the third season is based on Tokyo Ghoul RE, which is a different um it's a sequel manga to the Tokyo Ghoul manga. And in this one, they like kind of loses all his memories and has to like remember himself or some shit like that. I don't know, it's lame, it's boring. I'm gonna finish it, but I don't like it. Not a fan. So season two, I would give a... Actually, I would give season two a 10 out of 10 because they did a really good job with giving backstories on all these people and stuff. Um, Season three thus far, I think I'm on episode seven or eight. It's not given. I'd give it like a five. So yeah. Wait, one last thought about um, Tokyo Ghoul. What yeah. I really, really enjoyed about it... And I think I'm, I'm going to end up reading the mangas. I think I'm, I want to read the mangas because I do... I've heard the mangas are significantly better, especially even though the third season is based on this man on like the other part of the manga or whatever. I heard that they do a good job, like in the manga, like if you read the mangas in order, then it makes more sense type thing. Cause like yeah. even like him having like the gray, like the white air, apparently he like it took 
until like volume six or something of the manga for him to have like for his hair to become white and it's like it, it's a big deal in the manga so I, I i'm interested in seeing that but what i do like is that i did i did enjoy that it showed how like people do things thinking that they're doing right and they only see it from their eye like their perspective of being right you know so like because yeah. like the ghouls they're like you know they have to ki- like kill to survive because they have to eat human flesh but they also are not like so the like in Teku, they're not interested in killing people to they just eat when they absolutely have to just like one human that's it and but then they, we also have the ccg that's like let's get rid of all of these ghouls because they're like murdering us and so this like there was a um when what's his name Madu when Madu was like going around when Madu killed Hinami's mother it was so sad it was like terrible right because it's like that's still someone's child even though it's a ghoul like they're ghouls but they're still people you know what I'm saying right, like they, they still right. have families and stuff and feeling and like, you know. yeah and then it's like seeing the CCG just go around killing all of these ghouls that have families and all that stuff. And then seeing them them being so upset when like the ghouls killed them in retaliation, it's just like the cycle never the, it's a circle and it's not gonna end, you know? Because yeah. what's his name was so pissed off that Toka killed um Mado. She was like, he had a family and all that stuff. And I'm like, okay, but Hinami had a family. You literally, you literally murdered both her parents. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, yeah. so I, I like that. I like that like you saw how they both thought they were doing their like revenging and avenging and all that stuff. But yeah, so that's me. Okay. Naruto time. <laughs> okay, so I watched, a sh- I actually finished all of the Naruto on um, Netflix because they only have up to episode 221. And so I watched all of those episodes and I'm going to switch to my bootleg site because I don't honestly know where else to watch it. So that and actually that means it's, it's going to go even faster because I literally when I was watching Dragon Ball, I literally just let it play until I fell asleep. And then I would just backtrack to what I last remembered. So I can go through like 50 episodes a day on easy. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> wow. That site literally just rolls over to the next episode. And last time I checked, it also skips the intro. So it was perfect. Like, that's how I got through Dragon Ball so fast. I think you're going to need um, to send me that site. I will. Okay, so last time on Naruto Shippenden, the last of the stuff, I guess, that you watched was um, when Jiraiya died, right? Okay, so the next arc is Fated Battle Between Brothers, and that's basically where Sasuke and Itachi finally fight. It's actually a pretty sick fight. I'm not going to lie because they all both have like genjutsu and so they're able to sort of like project things that don't exist onto the like each other and then um, Itachi uses his final form Tsunosu or Tsunoso I can't remember how you pronounce it um, which is like a projected like just base of power that looks like a skeleton and it's basically like it's an impenetrable um, sort of force field kind of in a sense um and so yeah they fight obviously Sasuke wins and Itachi doesn't win because Sasuke's in the future episodes we know this so he kills him and then at the end Itachi like flicks his forehead like which is something that he did to Sasuke when they were kids and and like it was it was kind of sad watching them kind of like both drop to the ground like not like seemingly dead but not quite dead for Sasuke's sake because you know I think everybody kind of knew that like Sasuke wanting to get revenge on his brother was never going to fix his problems or yeah. his life 
You know what I mean? Yeah, he needed so, to go to therapy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but you know, Konoha doesn't believe in therapy. They just believe in child soldiers. So you know, that's not gonna happen. So basically, that that happens, and then we finally get some the info. We get the truth, which is that Itachi was to- in Anbu, which is like the secret organization. It's like. It's just like a secret, you know, military force that people don't know about and people don't talk about. Like, that's what it is in Konoha, right? And the council had ordered them to kill all the Ichias because the Ichias were planning to revolt. And it goes back to, like, the OG Ochia Madara and his brother Izuna and um, Senju Hashirama. They were the ones who founded Konoha, right? And um, Senju Hashirama, I think he was the first Hokage, and so basically, like, everybody was warring, everybody was fighting, and they're like, no, we, we need to have some peace, you know, like, you can't just be fighting people all the time. So at this time, they, you know, had created this town, and they had their clans, the Uchiha clan was powerful, and the Senju clan basically tried to subjugate them in some case, and so they got mad, and they were, so like, I feel like the, the Uchiha and the Hyuga clans are very similar in that they have, like, their special base powers. You know, the Hyugas have, like, the Byakugan, which is the eye thing, and then yeah. the Uchiha's have um, the Sharingan, which is their eye thing. And basically, all they do is, like, I feel incest. Like I, oh, okay, continue. Yeah. <laughs> all, they do, all they do is do, like, incest on the Hyuga's end so that, like, that power stays in the family. And then on the Uchiha's end, they just be killing each other and taking each other's eyes, basically. Because that's what Madara did. He, like, basically, when you, when you like, uh, like, you get to, like, the, this is the Myakengyo or something like that, um, Sharingan, you, your eyesight starts to go, you actually start to go blind, right? And so he, his, him and his brother were, like, bros, but then he was like, ooh, I need to be powerful and I need to live forever, so can I have your eye? And his brother's like, word! And so his brother gave him his eye. And so now, thinking about how Kakashi got you know, random eye surgery, you know, it's nothing because <laughs> the Uchiha has been doing it from time. Okay. And so it, actually, even in this battle, Sasuke took um, Itachi's eyes as well, too, because he was starting to go blind. So that's like the whole point of that. And we find out that the Senjus and the Uchiha's are like, like they're basically locked in some curse where they, they're battle, they're supposed to battle each other for forever. Guess who is a relative of the Senju tribe? Who? Naruto. Oh wow! Very shocking. Did not very expect shocking. that whatsoever. Right, right. I mean, I mean, obviously, you know, the whole thing about Sasuke being the darkness and Naruto being the light, and them and their constant bickering, and you see Hashirami and Madara throughout time. Is Honestly, we're like, okay, Naruto should have just been gay and get it over with. Like, I okay. just this is so annoying. Like, why did you force these people to be hetero? Right. So then the next story is Six Tales Unleashed. I'll be honest. I can't remember what the hell happened. I'm pretty sure it had to do with this random, the six-toe beast guy who had bubble, who whose powers had to do with him blowing bubbles or some shit. I mean, the only thing I remember is that the end was really sad. He finally decided he was going to become somebody's, like, teacher. And th- that's when the Akatsuki found him and, and murdered him. So, like, his Aww. student was waiting for him the whole time and, she, and he was just murdered. So that was sad. So the next one is Pain's Assault. And that's when Pain comes to um, Konoha to to look for nerd. and let me tell you i was laughing because i'm like pain you can't just walk up to regular people and ask them where naruto is they're not gonna know they're just, they're just not gonna know where naruto is like you need to find people in charge i'm pretty sure they're gonna know where naruto is right so he attacks them 
And basically, um, Tsunade tries to get Naruto, who's been training with the frog people in the frog dimension or whatever. And Danzo, Danzo, who's like a stereotypical bad guy, hears them and like kills the messenger. And so basically, Pain uses his like ultimate defense, whatever, and it literally blows. He he murders that town. Like he he like Konoha's a crater after he's done with these people. Okay. And Tsunaru goes into a coma because she she maxed out her power trying to save everybody. And so Pain and Naruto fight and Hanada comes in and she tries to fight Pain for some fucking reason. I don't know why. And she confesses to Naruto that she loves him. And I was cringing inside, but I also was very proud of her because she basically said, like, stalking you has changed my life for, for good and I love you. So I was like, you know what? It's crazy, but fine. Hey, live your life, girl. Um, she gets her ass kicked, obviously. And that actually triggers Naruto and he becomes like the nine tails and whatever. And they fight. And then he, but he, his dad put a fail safe in it. So another not quite secret we find out is that the fourth Hokage um, Minato was Naruto's father. And so the father and son meet. It was actually a really sweet moment. Um, Naruto meeting his dad. And so that shakes him out and he's able to gain control and he goes to talk to Nagato and they find out like they were both Jiraiya's students and basically because of this unfair world they kind of went different paths I mean it's every every I feel like every almost every battle he fights is just like a parallel of him and Sasuke in some like shape or form whatever and so they talk it out and Nagato uses the six paths to actually bring everybody back to life which is great because Kakashi had actually died Kakashi was in the other world talking to his dead daddy um but he brought my man back so we're great we're happy um and then after that um here's when i got pissed for real though this is when i got pissed because naruto goes back to town and everybody is cheering for him everybody's talking good about him whatever i'm like oh so you guys were okay with bullying a baby an actual fucking toddler who had nobody literally until aruka sensei took in naruto none of you fucking bitches cared about him and Oh, he punches the right person. He saves the day. All of a sudden, they're throwing him into the air, talking about, oh, I should have dated him. Like, what? Oh, my God. I would have left Konoha right then and there. I'd have been like, you know what? You bitches are on your own. And I would have just left. So, anyways, the next one is, uh, it's like a past arc, which I think they should have shown in original Naruto so that we could see, like, them going on missions together and getting closer as a team and like seeing the budding friendship between Naruto and Sasuke. I think it's really late to show that. I think you should have showed that before. Wait, th- now is when they're showing <laughs> that? I was yes. supposed to believe that they was friends and they just started showing that shit now while right. episode 219. Get the fuck out of my face. Right, right. And so like we see Sasuke and Naruto kiss again. And in the same episode, they had their dicks out because they were stuck together and they had to pee. I was like, okay, um, how are you going to tell me that this is not a ship? But it's not. A, it was fine. I did. The only thing I liked in these episodes is they did a backstory of um, Aruka when he meeting Aruka and Kakashi basically like being parents to Naruto, which, you know, is my kink. So that's great. Okay, the next one is the War of the Five Kage Kage um, Summit, and basically we meet the Eight Tails, who's the brother of um, the Raikage, and so they're dark skinned men with braids who and Killer B, the Eight Tails raps. Um, I almost stopped watching right then and there. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, is this man rapping? Is he dark skinned Does he have cane rolls? <gasps> Kishimoto, if I ever find you outside. Yeah, but anyways, 
I did carry on. I did carry on because the arc was pretty okay. Basically, Danzo becomes like the acting Hokage because Sonati's in a coma. And so they meet in like this neutral location in the land of iron. And um, Naruto, basically, Danzo, the first thing he does is, is was after getting his face fitted for, you know, his thing on the carving the wall in the, in the mountains, is he's like, Sasuke? Sasuke's a terrorist. So let's stop protecting him basically let's go find that man and murder him so um sakura and um naruto and everybody finds out and basically naruto leaves to go talk to the rakage rakage is it rakage i don't know whatever he goes to talk to him and basically because he thinks that sasuke killed his brother so he's like because sasuke started working for the akatsuki after he found out the truth of itachi and basically his whole new plot is to kill everybody in kanaha i mean personally i'm like why don't you just go after the council they're the ones who order your clan to be decimated what what did tuchi at ichiraku do to you like that man just be serving ramen that's all he'd be doing he's not he's not a part of this okay um but you know bad guys will be bad guys so whatever uh so yeah naruto goes to talk to him and he rightly gets put in his place because what the fuck sasuke is a terrorist and so um, Sasuke also <laughs> goes to kill Danzo. Um, and so everybody sort of converges in this area. And then we have what has to be the worst thing I've ever seen before in my life, which is, okay, so the Konoha 11, the crew, the group, the kids that we know, they come together and they're like, listen, we got to get Sasuke. We got to kill him. That's just, so they agree to do it. Naruto's not there. Um, they go to S- S- Shikamaru for whatever fucking reason goes and tells and ask sakura's permission he's like basically we all talked and this is like these are the rules and this is what our new hokage is saying so now we have to go murk this man and she's like okay i'm gonna go talk to naruto though so she goes with sai and rockley and kiba and basically she goes to naruto and she's like naruto i love you um i want to be with you and i personally wanted to put my hand through the screen my television screen and slap who said that Sakura. So basically, Who? so basically, what happened? Same was, Sakura. Yes. Who, so for Sai, the last for the last nineteen hundred episodes, has been what? Sasuke, 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 my love, Sasuke, my boyfriend. I love Sasuke so much. Sasuke, mm, let me hit your butt ass. That Sa- Sakura. Okay, continue. Yeah, and the same one who punches Naruto in the face every other episode. Yes, that one. So Sai was basically like Naruto. Your let like your feelings for Sasuke are getting you hurt, like literally, mostly physically, mentally. Like you're being beat up because of your feelings for Sasuke, and Sas and so um, Naruto's like, but I made a promise, and so Sai figures out that he thinks it's the, the promise that Naruto made to Sakura, right? When Sakura's like, bring him back to me. This is she's like, this is a once in a lifetime ask of me. You know, bring Sasuke back to me, and so he goes to Sakura and he's like, listen. You have to let Naruto know that you don't want Sasuke back because this is hurting him. And he's my friend. And I don't give a fuck about Sasuke. So, like, you need to fix this shit. So her ego made her go to to Naruto and say that she loved him and that she wants to be with him and that he doesn't have to go after Sasuke anymore. And this is I say it's her ego because she could literally just been like, you don't have to do what you promised he is beyond our help at this point right like she could have been honest with him but her ego so big she always has to make it about her fucking self and it's like because you're in love with me i have to i have to like 
ensnare you now in this point and 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 your love for me is going to be so great that you're going to let go of sasuke and naruto's like listen i first of all this is bullshit second of all i'm getting sasuke because i want to get sasuke it has nothing to do with you and so he is continuing on and then sakura decides she makes another fucking poor decision she decides she's going to help them go get Sasuke, but then she's going to, she's actually not going to help them. She's just going to do it herself. She's going to, she's going to kill Sasuke. She brings literally um, poison um, Kunai to like stab this man because she, she's like, it's my, it's my job to get him. Even though he don't even want her. Like she keeps making it about her and Sasuke, but there's no her and Sasuke. So that's why I was like really annoyed. And I was like, you know what? This is the end of me and Sasuke. Me and Sakura, I don't care what happens to her at this point. She can just go. So anyways, she finds Sasuke, she attempts to fight Sasuke, and he's like, lol, okay. <laughs> and this is literally after he kills Danzo, which actually was a very sick fight, because it was like Genjutsu versus Genjutsu. And so, mm-hmm. Danzo, you remember how Danzo had all those like bandages around him and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. You know what was under those fucking bandages? Achia sharing guns. So basically, he was, oh. he, all those murdered, like Uchiha's, he stole their eyes and he put them on his body. Oh, ew. it was I, messed up. I, I probably would not want to see that. I feel like that yeah. would trigger my um, typhobia. But okay. yeah, no. I mean, it was a cre- It was a really good fight, though. And then Kakashi finally gets his head on his ass, and he's like, "Sasuke's my student. I have to go and take him in." So he goes after Sakura, and he saves her. And you know, he's gonna fight her, but Naruto shows up, and Naruto. This is what I mean. Like, we should like. Okay, Naruto's super gay. I don't care if he tells me because Naruto literally says like Sasuke. You know, first. He, as they're running towards each other and Sasuke's bathed in the darkness and Naruto's bathed in the lights as they're running towards each other and then it stops and they're in this like alter universe kind of place and they're talking to each other and then they come back and Naruto and like it's like a lot of flashbacks and them telling about their feelings and how they met each other and everything like that and then Naruto says listen the only way this is going to end is us fighting each other to the death and then finally, you know what? We'll be together in the afterlife and we'll be happy together. And I was like, gay. See? <laughs> what the fuck? They want to be gay so bad and these people force heterosexuality right. on them. So we find out. Right, right. We find, so basically, Madara Uchiha is the guy with the weird thing with the eye. You, you see his eye. He's the they caught the member. So basically, um, he is kind of pulling the strings, and um, yeah, that's mostly what happens. I mean, it's it's a very it's a very. I feel like I mentioned all the the positive the the points that you need to know the important things that you need to know and that is sakura is irredeemable she's hands down the worst female shonen protagonist in the history of 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 them of them like orihimi oh you know dear i apologize to you because you are not as bad damn do you see do you know how bad you have to be to have not be boldly apologizing to you orihimi that means listen listen orihimi literally has a panel where she says she's happy that Ichigo's mother died because it makes him sad and she can be there for him. So, I mean, I, like, when I say Sakura is a terrible, terrible person, I mean that she's a terrible, terrible person. And, yeah, that's my feelings on that so far. I mean, the positives, Kakashi's still fine. Still daddy (laughs) material. Um, Shikamaru is literally, like, running the town now at this point. Like, I mean, 
in Boruto, they're going to do another time skip. And I think Shikamaru is actually going to be older than me this time. So I'm very excited to see his upgrades. But yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. That is Naruto. Yes. And so far. <laughs> okay. Oh, wait. I have to. Okay. So the next thing I watched was Black Clover, Sword of the Wizard King. I'm going to be very fast. Um, so Asta, a boy born with no magic in a world where magic is everything. You and know, rival, you watch know, that. But anyways, continue. Oh, okay, sorry. And his rival, you know, a genius mage chosen by the legendary four leaf grimoire, have together fought a number of powerful enemies to prove their power beyond adversity and aim for the top mage wizard king. Conrad Lido, the former predecessor of Julius Nova Chrono, once commanded the respect of the people in the Clover Kingdom. However, he unexpectedly turned against the kingdom and was subsequently sealed away by Julius himself. Now, Conrad has resurfaced and he wields the Imperial Sword and seeks to destroy the Clover Kingdom and bring forth a new era where equality prevails by destroying all and reviving only those whom he considers deserving of a place in his envisioned society. He uses the power of the sword to revive three wizard kings of the past, Edward Avalache, Princia, Funny Bunny, and Jester Hirandaros, who share the same vision as him in order to achieve his goals. Okay, first of all, Asta... First, okay, so I feel like Asta, as he has continued to mature, gets a lot less loud, which I appreciate. I love it so much. Um, but he needs to stop working out because he's like 5'3", and he's all abs. It's very, it's, it's a very weird body configuration at this point. I'm just, Asta, you need to stop doing sit-ups and push-ups. You just need to stop. Second, um, Yami is still fine. Um, still 20 out of 10, would still fuck. Um, the story itself was basic. I mean, it really, it literally was basic. It was like, because I mean, the only story. reason, that's the reason why I didn't watch it for this episode was just because some, I've, I heard that it was like pretty basic in terms of storytelling. The only like, thing I was, I could watch it later. Yeah, the only thing I would say is what made it worth watching was obviously the characters are fun. Like, I think that the cast itself of, like, of these unique people in like the black bulls and like their you know friends the, the other captains and things like that and they're such they're such fun characters they're very unique um they don't make me angry <laughs> they like they're like um seven deadly sins characters i just yeah. really enjoy them and they are such they like the found family aspect is so pronounced with all of them that i really enjoy them and then on top of that the second thing reason you should watch it is the fight scenes they are okay. so good they are so I do love impressive. a good fight scene. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing, right? People say that, like, Black Clover copied a lot. And, like, obviously, like, Naruto was a very big influence. You know, I want to be the next Hokage. I want to be the next Wizard King. Orphan, Orphan. You know, like, you know, the rival But I didn't know, though. But whatever. I enjoyed Black Clover, though. So. No, no. I mean, that's the thing. Black Clover does it better. I think that Naruto... What Naruto is lacking, first of all, is the gayness. And, two, I think it is... I think it should be a millennial story told about how much it sucks to be alive. And I feel like that would work really well in Naruto world because everybody is terrible. Like every, and you're supposed to like them. You yep. know, like even Danzo, when Danzo died, the council tried to be like, they tried to like, even though he wasn't officially like voted in as a Hokage, he wasn't like officiated. They wanted to like make, um, they were going to make Kakashi the Hokage, right? Because Sonati was down and Danzo had died, but Sonati did come back. Like, she's out of her coma, whatever, right? But when they were talking about what number Kakashi would be, they were like, oh, well, Danzo was officially was supposed to be the Hokage, so he should be, you know, included in the numbering. And they're like, oh, well, he was necessary. He was, like, 
um, the third Hokage's darkness and they balance each other out because they all like work together back in the day and some shit. And I'm like, um, Donzo literally murdered people for fun. <laughs> he wiped out the Achias and he made Itachi take the blame, even though Itachi was doing what he thought was right because his family was, you know, trying to, you know, have a coup and take over Konoha and, and murder everybody. So he thought he did what was right. Um, and you guys didn't defend his name. You didn't clear his name. You didn't do anything like that. You allowed his brother to just go crazy and wild and start, you know, going evil and shit. Like, Donald's a bad guy. But if you watch Naruto, it literally made it seem like he wasn't that bad. Like, the, and the third Hokage, oh my God, the third Hokage, I'm taking back my rest in peace. That man's a piece of shit because he knew about Naruto. <laughs> knew that they were bullying this this infant and he did nothing he didn't do a goddamn thing he knew about the real reason that the the achias got massacred he didn't do a single fucking thing he knew about what happened with kakashi and kakashi's dad who chose his squad over his his mission and got ostracized and murdered himself and what like four-year-old kakashi walks home into his house and finds his dad murdered on the on, on the 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 mats or some shit like that and like sasuke sasuke goes home after the massacre and they didn't even clean his house so there's blood stains everywhere like the third hokage that man's in hell i don't think that man's not like, <laughs> i don't care how much they want to like you know remember him and all the good he did that man had the power and did not a goddamn fucking thing so no i'm sorry and naruto naruto would honestly naruto would be marvelous if they made it a millennial story about how everything fucking sucks and it is what it is i think that would make it the one of the actually best stories on this planet <laughs> but alas alas that's not what they're doing but black clover anyways is more of like an escape it's fun it's cute the fights are great i love how they switch between like the animation and like they they sort of like animate the manga so it, it's like a seamless transition from color to black and white that they do it's so amazing i really i really do enjoy watching black clover fight scenes and um yeah that i would give it out of five honestly i would give it a four out of five. Ten. Oh, it's a ten okay i give it an 8.5 out of 10 okay and though it's because it's a basic story it doesn't get a 10 but like yeah. you literally could play it anytime and i think it would put you in a good mood yeah. so there you go okay yeah. dramas dramas oh guys 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 i watched a drama yay <laughs> In its entirety, I literally watched an entire drama. I think I am back in my drama watching mood, which makes sense because I'm in my uh, books mood. So, you know, it fluctuates between the two. So anyways, so I watched um, Celebrity, which is a drama on Netflix. Um, the This is the description. It says, fame, money, power. One young woman fights to become the next hottest celebrity. Wow, I can read, guys, I swear. <laughs> Fame, money, power. One young woman fights to become the next hottest celebrity in the glamorous yet scandalous world of influencers in Seoul. Um, so it's like, it's a 12-episode um, drama. It's on Netflix. I think, I believe it is a Netflix drama. So like Netflix produced it, um, the casting and everything. It's like everything is in-house to Netflix. Let me tell you, and it starts, so it starts part Go Young as So Ari, Kang Min Hook as Henry Kung, um, Lee Chung Ja as Yu Xian, Lee Dong Gyung as Jin Tae Jun, and Jung Hyeso as Oh Min Hae. Let me tell you, just right off the bat, 
when I, so I didn't know anything about this drama. I just put it on because I saw a still of Kang Bin Huk and he looked so fucking hot. And I was like, oh, I'm going to watch this drama. <laughs> I'm not even going to hold you. That's the only right. reason why. Um, and so um, when I saw Lee Dong Gyung in it, I was like, he's the bad guy. I, I was like, he's the bad guy. I was like, I don't, like, he's the bad guy. Like, it literally doesn't fucking matter what the story is. I already knew he was the bad guy. Because as soon as I saw him, I was like, he's the bad guy. But anyways, so we have Ari, and she is a door-to-door saleswoman. And it actually, like, the way it starts out is what made me keep watching it. So it started out with, um, so Ari, and she's talking, and she's, like, just basically telling you, like, oh, an influencer, like, if you make it into the top, like the top influencers you're you're making like luxury goods you can get up to like like basically talk about how much money she gets when she like mentions one word mentions another word like stuff like that and then she was like everybody all of a sudden you saw like a bunch of other influencers and they're like Ari's online Ari's online it was like a mass panic going on and then she was like oh yes it's me so Ari back from the dead to spill all the secrets about what happened so here's my tale and so then it did like a flashback into like how they got to the, how we got to this point of the story but I did like the editing of it because what they did is they kind of volleyed between the two and the way that they showed you that you were bet- like when you were in like the past storyline the screen would become a 14 by 3 and then oh, when you were in okay. the current, like when you were in the current storyline, it would be f- like full screen. And I like that. I thought it was really cool how they did that as the transition. But then they also tra- tagged it by telling you how many like hours has been going by by the live stream. Anyways, so basically what happens is Ari, she is a little, she's a door-to-door saleswoman. She ends up be- like, she she's telling you the rules of how to become like an influencer because what happened to her was she was a she was just a door-to-door saleswoman and she was at like this house and she was doing things and then um this really rich like she works for like a person that's rich or something so that person brought her told her to go to like uh, i can't remember like burberry or something right to order something when she goes there she runs into omin hey omin hey is like a member of this like like this is they're known as the gabin society and they're like top influencers basically right so omin is a member of that and she basically um she like sees ari and she was like oh ari you know how are you like you were you you went to um school in america and you went to an ivy league and your family is rich and you were so like you know proud and stuff like that and so ari was like about to tell her you know oh no actually our my family went broke and i'm like poor and doing door-to-door sales or whatever but ari's best friend was like no you can't tell her that she's omine she's like a celebrity or whatever and so um, she ends up lying about like having money. So her mom is her mom then lends her a dress to go to this party with Omine. When Omine is at the party, there's this other celebrity known as Bibi Bomb, and she's like, because she's in her little pits of she's at the bottom of the the, the social structure now because she had a huge scandal, right? And so Bibi Mom comes in and she's like yelling or whatever. Um, <laughs> Jung Jung Young, that's the name of Min Hyuk's character. He runs into Ari. He missed. He t- thought it was someone else because she was wearing um 
mm, I don't know, Versace Bauman, one of the two of them, she was wearing like a, a customized dress. And so he thought it would, it belonged to the person who it actually belongs to. But then it was like Ari. And then, I don't know, she yelled at him. And then all of a sudden that man's dick went hard. And he was just like, <laughs> I need to have her. Like, n- no joke. Um, He literally like ends up, so she was like, I'm going to report you for sexual harassment. How dare, you, how dare you touch me, blah, blah, blah. And then she never reported him. Do you know that man went to the, went to the um police station and reported himself just so that he could get her down there because he wanted to meet her again. And then he was very adamantly I'm bush I'm like grinning side to side as I do this because oh Minhuk was so fucking hot in this drama. He was just like, you know, he's like the dream of what you want, right? Where it's like, right. oh here's this rich chamball that is not mean or ignoring me. You know what I mean? He's literally like putting in the effort to woo this girl. And he literally, apparently, he was even known as the, like, um, they call him, what do they call him? The princess maker, because he always dates below his station, is what they say. And so he was like, oh, just try dating me for a little bit, and then you can go out, whatever. That comes into play later. So anyways, the fight happens, blah, blah, blah. Ari spills wine. It's a whole thing. The rich people start looking down. It's a nasty thing, whatever. She signs up for um, Instagram, and when she signs up for Instagram, she, this person called BB Famous reaches out to her, and it's like, oh, you know, the Gavin Society, they're all losers, blah, blah, blah. Um, I could be missing stuff, but basically what happens is she like ends up like this BBB famous person ends up like helping Ari out. Um, Min Hai, she tries, she under the guise of being friends or whatever, she brings Ari onto one of her live streams to sell stuff for her. But then Ari is just like naturally charismatic that people really wanted her more and so then she ended up becoming like getting uh dealership whatever became up like really popular and Minhei hated that and so she kept trying to like knock her down like they they had like a couple of times where like another ig celeb would come in and knock her down and stuff like that and like she ended up having to go like disappear it was like a it was very interesting because it was like it wasn't like interesting in the terms of like oh this is like a um a different type of story. It was just interesting in that, like, oh, see, it's centered around the life of, like, influencers. So right. what happens is one of the big things that happened is one of the girls, Young, she's the sister of Taegu, who's, like, um, Lee Dong-hoo's character and who's married to this other girl, right? But that girl dated Jun-hun, who likes Ari. So, you know, love, love square angle, whatever, who knows. <laughs> but anyways... Um, they go to a party at this club and the club is serving like the at the party there's drugs and the homegirl is on like epic amount of drugs and she posts a picture on Instagram and they had to get it taken down and wiped away however a guy ends up dying that night right because and instead of them calling the police they tried to cover it up Minhei wasn't there but then she ended up finding out about that so she posts the rumor online Taegung finds out he's upset because Ari just she doesn't take shit from anyone so he was trying to get her to sign an NDA and she was like fuck that no I'm not gonna do that and so she ends up like from ever since then he's been like fuck this bitch and so when he finds out that Minha is actually the one who posted that thing he made Ari take the blame for it and then BB famous because Ari because what happened is what did happen also happened was Ari had gotten one of her things shut down by a jealous bitch 
but then she ended up getting her products up again because she befriended like a celebrity and she became the first like influencer of their like little circle to hit a million followers so she ended up having like 3.5 million and like instead of like you know how some influencers do like collabs with like different fashion brands her Mm -hmm. she created like her own fashion brand and then um and like instead of like saying oh this is whatever is like so she had like her own business and she was doing it really well she wasn't talking to bb famous and bb famous got like really upset about that and so then bb famous went to mid high and like they fabricated text and like leaked it on the internet and then she started getting all kinds of hate and then john Hill was trying to like help her out but then take young has already framed her for that man's death and saying that she was the reason why everybody was there doing drugs it was a whole thing and so then um she, like Jun Kang ends up getting like in a coma because Taegyun tries to kill him or hire someone to kill him and then Ari fakes her death at that point in time and then we're like back like I said they went back and forth between present life so then they're like oh is Ari really alive and then it turns out oh no actually it was a deep fake person that was that was doing Ari but then actually no 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 Ari's actually alive so she ended up revealing all of the bads that they did so that these people could become accountable and then we met BBB Famous and it turns out that BBB Famous was just some random person that worked at the spa that like the Gabin society goes to and she was just really Mm. upset that she was just very like irritated at the fact that like they were able to spend like twenty thousand dollars in like two hours you know like stuff like that so she that's how she became an hater they you know how those memes where they're like oh people who are hating online are literally just sitting hunched up in a hole with cockroaches on their floor and food everywhere that's literally yeah. what they played out with this character <laughs> like I, like she's literally like dressed all nicely and then she walk she walks into her house and there's cockroaches everywhere it's disgusting and then she's like over and blah 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 so you know they were trying to do like commentary on like the whole celebrity blah 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 thing um so yeah it was fine i i enjoyed it i thought it was like a good enough drama it kept my interest enough but like not enough that i was like anticipating every episode if that makes sense but enough that i was like oh this is nice enough to watch um i would give it like an eight out of ten the only reason why is because i felt like it was kind of predictable Mm -hmm. um and i think that making bbb famous somebody um anonymous was kind of a letdown because it, it feeds into the idea that the only people that hate on celebrities are just losers who right. are in like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like it would right. have been more impactful had BB Famous be like Shehan or like, let's say somebody else, um, like her best friend or, you know what I'm saying? It's just like somebody more like, because the thing is celebrities have haters and a lot of some of these celebrity haters are actually like people they know. You know what I'm right. saying? So right. I just felt like that would have been a little also, bit better. But also too, I think that uh, one of the reasons I don't like the whole like people who hate are losers kind of thing is that you could be saying something that is completely valid, that is a valid criticism yeah. of a celebrity, and like, or just a valid criticism of capitalism. And it's you like regardless of wh- how much money you have and like you're living, you know your residence and things like that like your opinion still matters like yeah but like but the whole yeah but the whole point of this one was that like these are just this person was just a troll person that was a loser and like was just jealous type thing um i that like one thing i did 
like or one, rather one thing that I thought was that they did well was like the end when they when Ari was like people like because she exposed everybody everybody loved her again right and mm. she was like it's it's stupid because like agree Ari can pretty soon turn into detest Ari right mm. and it just reminded me to the Love Island situation with all of these people who in the beginning were loving Catherine and just because she said no to their white man she's like the worst person ever now you know so anyways mm-hmm. so that's that celebrity i'll give it an eight out of ten all right so i guess um we are talking about um kim uh weightlifting fairy kim book so mm-hmm. we only watched two episodes instead of yes. the normal four um so in those two episodes we actually got like a kiss <laughs> yes. and um, a date a date and i mean Really, all you have to say is that man is thirsty. Yeah, love. <laughs> like that's literally and she's warming like, up. Genuinely, nothing else in this story right. mattered. Like nothing else in those two episodes mattered. Like, yeah, dad ended up in the hospital and stuff, but like, yeah, and then that caused her to want to go back to weightlifting. Yeah, so she had quit weightlifting, guys. Um, and so she was just trying to like do other things or whatever. And yeah, that's literally all that happened in those two episodes. Right. But it was good because. It was them being cute and happy. <laughs> right, right, right. And her, like, as, as you said, her burgeoning feelings for him. Um, so, yes, that's all you really need to know. And then we also got caught up uh, with uh, <laughs> The Real Has Come. And I tell you guys, we didn't watch TVD at all. We missed the second two episodes of um, Kim, Kim Book Ju. But there was no way in hell we were not going to watch The yeah. Real Has Come. No. <laughs> there was no way. No. Because the cliffhanger that we had gotten the week before, I was like, no, what's no, 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 we gotta watch. <laughs> so what had happened is that um the our our what did you call them? You called them um uh Team Rocket. Team Rocket had <laughs> um put together <laughs> put together um a fake um message on this message board saying that Taekyun was not the father of Yeonju's baby and they brought it to Papa. Papa was like, oh, no, you need to figure this shit out, blah, 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 blah. But of course, now it's in his head. So he's like, hmm. The whole thing was kind of suspicious. So, and it really was, right? Because obviously they were lying. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he he now had this in his head. And they were like, you know, they were banking on him, you know, whatever. And Jen Ho was so convinced that he was the father at that point anyway. So they were trying to, like, make that go. And so Taekyun actually confessed to Papa. I know, and it was so shocking because we were like, oh, yeah. confessions are already? Ready, right, because okay. we're, like, episode 29 or 28 or something like that. So we're like, what? Okay, so <laughs> he confessed. And then just like mom, Papa got real crazy, real crazy. And he was yeah. like, you need to leave her. You, you This is a and, lie. This and Taekyun was like, I'm not leaving her. Sorry, I right. don't know what you. I don't know what you think is gonna happen here, but I, that's my woman, and I'm gonna stand by her. Point he literally said, um, "You don't have to recognize me for the rest of my life. I'm never leaving her." And so, ever that, <laughs> that, that put a damper, obviously, on their relationship. And then um, Papa also invites um, Yandu to the office, and he is he basically is like, you know, I know the truth you know about everything you need to leave him blah 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 and she's so traumatized that she starts to bleed and she passes out um on the street thankfully mm-hmm. jenha and taekyun see her so they're able to bring her into the clinic and she didn't lose the big real real is still around thank you even though we are unsure of what real is since we <laughs> 
normal time and space. Uh, but uh, <laughs> so that was like the major cliffhanger after the first two episodes that we watched last week. Honestly, I know other stuff happened. Like but it doesn't um, matter. Uh, literally, like you just need to know that the uncle is still with that that crazy lady who's gonna sell his sperm and he doesn't know that she's gonna sell his sperm i don't know how that's gonna happen but he's stupid so i mean it's probably gonna work and then um sister and an old brother who is pregnant who sorry who had the baby sorry the suk young the little girl um she discovers her feelings for him so now they're kind of dating and then mom and sejin's dad have some <laughs> weird chemistry going on we we're not yeah. really sure about that uh and then and mom take young's mom had found out right. about whole girl and was just being annoying about it yeah very right, terrible right, about it. right then and they, oh yeah and then old girl and her boy they, oh yeah okay so this is something that happened at night and i were just like very confused about so right we found out obviously that she did not like abort the baby or whatever and it was actually yeah. It was actually that she lost it, had a miscarriage. Tell me why this this man, after he had told her, he's the one who accused her of aborting the child. He got mad at her and left the house. Yeah, he made it all about him. We literally had to rewind that scene and watch it again because we didn't understand how he made that leap from, you know, you didn't know you were pregnant, had a random miscarriage, and you were going through it, and then he accused her of aborting the baby, so she just went along with it, to, you lied to me, you made me think this, and you're terrible, and I'm leaving, <laughs> and I'm gonna get a divorce, because you're a terrible person. Like, what? Like, what? Like, this is the thing. We do not even like this bitch. We have been complaining about her since the drama yeah. started. We, like, mom and this man have been crazy. Like, they've just been crazy. So we had to take her side on these these situations. Uh, so basically, they actually did come to a, like a understanding because you know she rolled back the bitchiness now with mom because um, she realizes that mom basically has power over her, and she admitted basically that she's just afraid that she's unlovable because her mom was like dying of a disease or something like that when she was very young. So she doesn't understand. Yeah, like, and she doesn't think she's gonna be a good mom or something. Exactly. Honestly, no one cares. <laughs> Right, right. Okay, and then so back to the main story. Uh, so she, um, Yondu is okay, and she's at the hospital, and Jenha keeps showing up like a stalker, um, and he kind of confronts the both of them. And okay, but side like, note, before even yes. before we talk about that though, when Taken yes. goes to the hospital and yes. he's there looking at her or whatever, and he gets her purse and then he opens the purse, and yes. it's the. Um, what are those? Like, ever. like bracelets, right? Bracelets like the, with all three of their names, and it's so fucking cute. And then Yondu tells him that no matter what, he is Real's father. And I literally was just like, "This is so beautiful." <laughs> I honestly was like, "Swoon!" Like he, she was like, "You're Real's father. We are married. I'm never leaving your side ever again." period that's what yeah said. it was and it was he amazing. he was like he was crying basically the whole episode for different reasons and it was very emotional it was very cute yeah. very yes. loving anyways but continue still no kiss. back on to the yes. yeah 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 Jenha yeah Jenha does confront her and she's like um you're the fucking reason that I'm even here because I know you're the one who sent that message in the message board and 
Second, when I told you I was pregnant, you told me to abort it. You said you didn't care. You cheated on me and wanted out of this relationship. You're the reason that I have all this stress in my life. So why don't you get the fuck out of here and leave me alone? Yeah. Because we are a family. That's my baby's father. This is my baby. This is his. She was baby. like, this you lost. Baby. She was like, you lost the any right to call him to call real your child when you told me to have an abortion. And I was like, period. Right. right. So he leaves, they're united, and Junha honestly like gets the message. He realizes his mistake. And unlike Sejin, he's like, you know what? I'm not gonna be a bitter bitch because I know battles that I can win, and this is not a battle I want to win. Because really, he doesn't even want Yondu and he doesn't even want the baby. So he just doesn't want um Taekyun to win. But he realizes now that they're actually in love, and he's just like, I'm not gonna fight an, an unwinnable battle battle at the end of the day, right? So yeah. he's backing off. Sejin got crazier. <laughs> she was like villain mode. I mean, Young Do still kind of wants, um, uh, not Young Do. Jake, he still kind of no. wants Young Do though, but he is being respectful but, of the situation. Yeah, I think it's more like he's not actively doing anything yeah. anymore because he knew he he sees the truth in what she said, and he was he was actually really affected. By seeing her passed out yeah and, like, he really was down her leg he yep. was like he realized how much he fucked up and how much he lost because of his own behavior so i think that even though he does care about her like you know they were happy together until they weren't he is now respectful of the fact that he like he's just not gonna come between the two of them like, yeah. at the end of the day so that's it but sejin is like oh no no you're gonna tell mom that you're the father of this baby and so she tries to set it up with the mom so that he could admit it. And he he basically maneuvers out of that quite well. Um, and she's pissed. But he admits to her that, like, he's not, he is the father and that they admitted, like, they agreed that he's not the father, that he's the father of this baby, sorry. And she records it and she puts it on a USB and she has a picture of them together and she's going to give it to mom. But Jen Ha shows up because he was like, oh, bitch, I know she's sneaky. I know she's going to try something. So he's like, I'm going to stop her but if it's the last thing I do. So he shows up and he's, he like ruins her plans. But then she leaves, like um, mom leaves because Yondu's mom is calling her and they want she wants to talk in private. They're at like some events. And so she runs after her and he's like dragging her and he's like, no, no, no. And they're fighting. But he had already messaged Yondu and said like, listen, Sejin, I don't know what she's trying to pull. Pause. Once again, let me tell you. Actually, no, continue. Okay. I'll, I'll talk, so, we'll talk about it after. Okay. So, yeah. So, Junha did the right thing and he messages Yondu and he's like, look, I don't know what Sejin's about, but it's not good. So, you need to, like, fi fix this because mom's probably going to find out the truth about this baby. And so, um, we're, me and Nikki are like, our hearts are beating out of our chest at this point. Listen, I was on. so anxious. <laughs> I was, we were, because, guys, we knew that something was coming up because... Right. Like the entire episode, sans those last like five minutes, you know, everybody was loving on Young Do. Like every, like literally, every, all the entire family was all giggle, right. smile, happy, joy. Like it was giving very much. We are one big happy family. So now I was like, Nat and I were like, shit's gonna hit the fucking van. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, so. At the end of the episode, Sejin doesn't get her way, but she kind of does because Yandu shows up and she goes on her knees in front of mom. And mom's like, what? And then she admits that Taekyung's not the father of this baby. And that's how the episode ends. 
And now we're, I'm still like very like, oh, because we right. saw like, we saw like the little previews and mom obviously is like, it, what? She was like very upset, right? Mm-hmm. And we're just like, we don't understand. Why would mom be really upset? Because it's not like the dad, the chairman is taking on spotter anyways. So like, I guess his right. family just has really strong feelings about lying. I think- it's lying because that's really the reason that she was mad at me young or whatever her name is because she lied to the family about being happily married when they're really just like deciding to live apart so i think it's the lying part that her and dad get mad about but even dad is okay like he's like um yo tech young called that man father once and he said okay all is forgiven I literally <laughs> take your take your wet on his knee and said to him abaji please let me be with her please and I was like you little manipulator you didn't call this man father (laughs) for 30 something years and now you're like but then here's my thing though okay first actually I have two things first thing time in this drama makes no sense because (laughs) we saw what's his face text homegirl right and then two minutes later they go outside and then young dude is there how like how because she wasn't even in the room when he texted her. Like, she wasn't even by her phone when he texted her. Hmm. Second thing. Why do these... Like, I don't know. Why do they act like... Okay, so everybody knows that she's lied now or whatever. Um, How does that affect anything? Because they love each other. They're together. They have their own money. Like, okay, he doesn't even talk to his family anyways. <laughs> like, the only one he talks to is his mom. You know? Yeah, and honestly, Yondu has done so much for that family. She's literally brought them all together on the same. She thought grandma had to read, and we we found out that random storyline. Yeah, where grandma grandma had a daughter, but it was around (laughs) the time, like I think, right around the war or after the war, and basically, like it was just an extra mouth to feed. So her mother in law had given away the their daughter Strawberry, and so like she was writing a letter to Strawberry. listen this drama is doing a lot of work a lot of <laughs> to make us not hate grandma anymore and like there was a scene where grandma like she basically got stuck in the past and she was followed she saw some lady with a baby and she thought back to her and strawberry and so she followed them and she got lost but then she saw a building and she read Taekyeon's name on the building so she waited there and Taekyeon found her and she's like I didn't know what I was doing I was lost I was scared but I saw your name and it, it made me feel okay and so I waited and here you are and she actually thanked them so, like, she has literally changed this family for good, okay? Like, they're the like they're the tightest family ever now because she's there. Yeah. And so, like, it, it's going to be interesting to see how people react to this, especially since, like, once again... Well, we see that, that Mama is basically I mean, telling Mama's him crazy. to choose, so... Mama's crazy. Mama's crazy. Uh, but every... Like, I mean, they're going to calm down. Like, they... Taekyung's not blood related to the family and you've been wanting him to be treated like a family member forever yondu did that she made him become a member of the family you should just be happy with that and move along literally be grateful nobody else thank you nobody needs to know anyways like it's really nobody's business who the real father of this baby is no so it's it's fine anyways yeah so we're on episode 31 so it's gonna be 32 so we're coming down to end guys like 18 episodes left of this drama excited (laughs) Damn, it's crazy. crazy. What else are we going to watch weekly to keep these people up? Right, right. You know what's funny, though? 
how like we're normally two people who get really tired of a drama after like yeah. two or three episodes and we're 32 episodes into this drama and we're like so excited to watch it every week yeah I'm still like like I still really enjoy this drama me too me too we just literally like you know when something is not interesting when we start talking during the drama so like usually when all the yeah, side characters and she always on, like that was like that was like Nikki Nikki what are you doing and I'm like I'm literally watching the drama. I'm not even like scrolling nothing. I'm I'm just intently watching the drama. <laughs> right. But then but then like uncle will come on the screen and it's like, oh, so this is going on and this is happening. Yeah. Is yeah. <laughs> yeah, we literally don't like we're never gonna talk about any of those side stories, guys. I'm sorry. Like we don't care. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Book time. Woo. Yes. Okay. Obviously I'll go first. <laughs> yes, obviously. <laughs> All right. So I'm in a mood where I hate pretty much every book that I read. So we're going to, I'm going to tell you about some of the books that I've read. So um, I read the Monsters and Beauty series by Jenica Snow. And I read all three of them in the trilogy. So I read, I read The Beast, I read The Hunter, and I read Primal, right? Um, The Beast is, it's, so these are all like fairy tales, real retellings, but like, the premise is that all of these people are still like people like they're still the uh what's the word I'm looking for they're still all of these people are still like who they are type things so, like the beast never turns human type thing so they're all it's monster porn all of them right all three of them oh, are okay. monster porn okay that's what I meant to say I don't know why it took me so long to think about that but that's what I meant to say so all of us are all of them are monster porn so uh the beast I'm just gonna read the description and then I'm gonna tell you what happens so what if the beast never turned into a prince my father had just sold me off bartered my body to erase his debt to the very devil himself a beast of a man literally a creature whispered amongst the villagers and feared by all he was a beastly visage at three times the size of a man his monstrously huge body covered in fur sharp fangs and eyes that held an unearthly red glow he had a paw-like hands tipped with claws and horns that arched from his from his inhuman face i was to live with him to be his in every way all the ways he saw fit i was to be his wife and so i offered myself up as a provoke as a proverbial sacrifice to the very devil himself i just didn't expect to enjoy being with a monster as much as i did and you know what i'm actually not even gonna read the rest of them because let me just tell you so the beast is based on beauty and the beast the hunter yeah yeah the hunter red riding hood Hood, yep and then primal is um goldilocks and the three bears so yeah um and so let me, the first book, the second book, and the third book, they're all the same fucking book. All three of them are the same book. It's the storyline is the same. It's the same book three times. The human goes, she 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 doesn't like the beast at first. And not not really doesn't like the beast at first, but feels that inexplainable attraction to the beast. The beast is like, I wanna breed her with my cum, the end. That is the, like, and that's the book. That's the story for the three times. So, like in the first one, Beauty, she her father sucks, and then Gaston, and then she like slowly falls for the beast, and then the beast, then Gaston tricks her, and they go to the thing, and they try to kill the beast, but the beast didn't die, and then they fuck. 
he chases like the beast does primal plays so he chases her and he's like when i get you i'm gonna fuck you and that's it um the hunter uh uh, i don't even remember how they even meet honestly Uh, i don't know oh grandma going to grandma's house no grandma dies no grandma dies and then she she was going to the house to i forget what she was going to the house to do, but, she was, but she was going to the house to do something and then the no yes oh i remember now so she goes she goes she has to go to alaska because that's where like this place is and she wants to be secluded in the wilderness or whatever so her grandma left after her grandma died she like decided to go to the wilderness whatever and then the beast like the hunt the wolf hunter and the, it's literally the story of I, it's literally the same story I just told you. Somebody tries to manipulate him. He almost dies. They escape. And then he tells her, run or I'm going to fuck you. That's the story. Um, and then Primal, uh, Red Riding Hood is... She, not Red Goldilocks. Riding Hood. Goldilocks is like... She is like in this cabin. And then she leaves. And she gets caught in a storm. And has to shelter in another cabin. But then these three... I've actually known her all her life because they've been following her since she was like 10 and they all of them want to have babies and they don't care who impregnates her and so then something like somebody comes and tries to like kidnap or something and she ends up being saved and then they tell her run if I catch you I'm gonna fuck you and that's the story it's the same book three fucking times so on Goodreads I gave all three two but there it's actually like 1.5 but now that i'm thinking about it i'm knocking them all down to one i was about to say like you just yeah it does not sound very appealing (laughs) like now that i'm thinking about it i knocked them out to one but anyways um so next we have um a duke at midnight which i actually did enjoy so this was a short novella by stacy Abraham, not Abrams. I, don't, I always want to call this lady Stacey Abrams. I don't. Oh, for the politician. Yeah. <laughs> but by Stacey Reed. Um, and it basically stars Sarah. And so Sarah, she's like, you know, I'm I'm a wallflower. I don't know what to do. I'm just gonna since this is my last night I was a wallflower, I'm gonna I'm gonna meet with this the Duke. She's gonna meet with the Duke. Not the Duke. She's gonna she's going to the Duke tomorrow to like be a governess right and Mm -hmm. so she decides that she needs to have one last rendezvous after the man that she's supposed to marry ends up marrying somebody else so she goes to this midnight mask party decides she wants to have one last rendezvous and it's the duke of who is her future employer so when she goes the next day to the place they recognize each other and she's like oh no like don't let don't let it affect our thing, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, okay, it won't. And don't let it affect my job. And he was like, okay, it won't. And then he's like entertaining some other lady, whatever. They like have their moments where they're like, oh, we're a family. Because, you know, he has the two daughters, blah, blah, blah. It was cute. And then she, um, the sister finds out that she was, I don't remember what happens, but she finds out that she's pregnant. And then the sister finds out, the sister kicks her out. And then the Duke finds out and then he immediately like gets her back and like proposes to her. But he was already going to like ask her to marry her before he even found out she was pregnant. But he was just like, I wanted, I should have done it from day one. Anyways, it was cute. I gave it three stars. I liked it. Um, 
then I read The Pucking Wrong Number. And oh my God, it was such a bad book. It was so <laughs> bad. It was so bad. So let me read it for you. Something? Huh? I'm you scrolling. Something? I'm scrolling up to read the uh, description. Okay. One texted a wrong number, mine, and everything changed. He won't tell me his last name, and maybe that should show that should throw up a thousand red flags. But when I'm all alone and in a des- in a new city and struggling to make ends meet, his texts are the lifeline I've been desperate for. But I never would have answered that text if I'd known that Lincoln Daniels, superstar hockey player extraordinaire, was the one sending them. He's trying to sweep me off my feet now. He says he's obsessed. He wants me wearing his number permanently the question is is he still the wrong number or can this hockey god prove he's mr right and then she has a little asterisk and she says lincoln daniels is a morally great anti-hero who's obsessed with his girl and would do anything to keep her um so this is like a hockey romance that's like a quote-unquote dark romance oh my god it was so boring it was like it was boring it was annoying i hate when i i hate when i'm reading a romance and when I'm reading a romance novel, I need to feel like I even remotely understand why these two like each other. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Lincoln got one picture of this girl and suddenly became obsessed. Like, that's what happened. Like, she ac- like he accidentally texted her the wrong number, like, texted her because he thought it- she was, like, this girl that he was supposed to go out with. And then she was like, no, I'm not, you loser. And he was like, prove it. And then she sends a picture. And then it was like... From that, he literally tattooed her name on his dick like two nights later. Yikes. I was just like so confused that. So there was, this book was terrible. He, I know people are like, oh, it's just, he's like, um, ups-. you know what? <laughs> I was thinking about this while I was watching Celebrity because I actually was, I was watching Celebrity and reading this at the same time. And I was like, why is it that I found um, Jung Kyung attractive in celebrity even though he kind of did a little obsessive shit too where he literally for like forcefully reported himself as a sexual assault person to meet her type thing you know and here i am like and like wanting to like buy her stuff and take care of her stuff and here i'm like oh that's that's just so charming meanwhile here i am looking at this man like he's crazy but he is crazy like why would you tattoo (laughs) why would you tattoo your name on her dick Okay, so story. Um, Lincoln. Uh, I don't even know what the girl's name is. I don't know her name. Wasn't it Sarah? No. Lainey. I don't know. But anyways, homegirl. Okay. She, she's her mom was like never give a man your life. She like has like a bad childhood. Her mom's a whore. Whatever. Lincoln brother committed suicide, and everyone thinks he killed him. Blah blah. blah whatever. Nobody cares. They're both broken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lincoln's fucking crazy. Nothing happens. They like eventually like um meet up. Like Lincoln. I'm gonna tell you why he's all crazy. But like because the thing is, I can't even tell you what the story is because the story was so boring. Like it was like them. They go on a date and then they go his father has like a thing and then she finds out but then she finds out that he does all the he did all this crazy stuff and he locks her and then she locks him up he locks her up and then he makes her come and then she forgives him and then it's a happy ever after that's the story (laughs) so to tell you some of the crazy shit that he did though he broke into her apartment while she was sleeping and came all over her um he got her fired from both her jobs and kicked out of her apartment. 
um, so that she could live with him. Yes. He, um, she was sleeping and when she woke up, his cock was in her mouth. Um, he once again locked her up and kidnapped her and kept her in the little prison until he fucked her and they forgave him. Um, what else? Oh, we had the, yeah, stalking. He beat up every guy that talked to her as soon as they talked to her. And then he, I, yeah, he's fucking, it was not, this was not romantic. It was not attractive. It was, it was bad. Um, one star. Yikes. Yikes. Oh, actually, and if I read you the review, my review says number of pages, 390. Number of times the word dream girl appears in the text, 53. Times they say good girl in the text, 11. Times he says fucking good girl twice. On page, the moment I got the extreme ick, page 179, when the male lead says, oh, fuck, suck it, suck my cock. Somehow I finish this and I guarantee I will forget it within two minutes after posting this review. Boring. And see, I was right. Because you see how hard it was for me to remember what happened in the book? Because nothing happened in the book. (laughs) Don't laugh. This is serious. Okay. I also read Tangled in Tinsel. And it's by Trilina Pucci. So because, you know, one of our themes on our book club is Christmas in July, I was like, okay, let me read a little Christmassy book. So everybody was like, oh, Nikki, I you should try Tangled in Tinsel. It's so good. And I was like, okay. <clears throat> Imagine being snowed in with four hot, successful men. P.S. They've all played the hero in too many of your naughtiest fantasy. Problem is you work for them and that makes them off limits. Except now they're looking at you like, your Santa's cookies and they definitely want to take a bite. Talk about talk about making you reconsider your life choices. These four are aiming for Santa's naughty list and I'm pretty sure I'm getting Jace, Reed, Alec, and Cold for Christmas. It might have started as a decorating job, but it ended tangled in tinsel. Listen, I am even as I'm thinking about this, I my I'm cheesing right now because <laughs> This book was so, it made me blush because I was just like, there's no story here. Okay, this is Hallmark, but like slutty Hallmark. <laughs> like, I don't, I, I want to say her name was Sarah? I don't know. I don't know what homegirl's name was. I wouldn't I mean, even, you know, it's funny. It's funny. The fact that you usually don't know the female lead's name, but you always know them, you generally know the male's name. Is really funny to me one because these women are really just inserts for the readers anyway so like it's not actually important for you to know their names they're not people. <laughs> like they're literally not they're like they're like self-projected fantasies but yes continue. it's also because when i when you when i read them from the first person so actually her name is not sarah it's samantha but um when i read first person novels right i you don't it's not like mm-hmm. you're you don't seeing them the say the well. names as much, you know? And yeah. because of that, I, that's why I tend to typically not remember the names. But it's funny because the next book that I'm going to talk about, I actually remember everyone's name in that book. Because I actually like the book. <laughs> but we'll talk go. about that later. Anyways, but Tangled in Tinks. I mean, I like Tangled in Tinks, though, for what it was. And what it was was 270 pages of nasty shit. And I don't know. It was... 
listen, I was I was blushing like a schoolgirl, and I was like, wait, this is kind of doing it for me. And it's so funny, right? Because even in this book, they do the whole good girl thing and stuff like that. But you know what mm-hmm. it is? It's because Cole just felt like a man. Like he just felt like a man. And I it think also the difference too is that like. I think sometimes the way that people write things is like a part of their own personal degradation kink. And I don't Mm -hmm. think that's something that other people can automatically connect to. You know what I mean? Like just because you're into men who are possessive and obsessive and, you know, use that name in a degrading way doesn't mean that everyone else. Well, actually, so, well, we can talk about, I was going to talk about this when I brought up my next book and and why I really, really liked it, which I guess I can say, but Mm -hmm. first, Tangle and Tinsel, it was really good. It was very hot, smutty, sexy. It was literally Hallmark fucking, I I loved it. Like, I really, really did enjoy it. Four stars. Um, Mm -hmm. And then the the last book that I read was Pack Deception, which was a Omegaverse book as well. Um, They were my pack, my fated mate, the three people who were supposed to love me no matter what, or at least that's what I thought until I lost our baby, dot, dot, dot. They changed, so I ran. I landed in a new city alone, working two jobs, living paycheck to paycheck. Three months into my new life, I learned a terrifying truth. My old pack, the ones I ran from, were never my fated mates after all. They drugged me for two years into believing I was theirs. I guess now I truly am because what pack would want an Omega my uh, an Omega that's already marked and mated? Certainly not the four stunningly perfect members of Pack Wilcock who seem to be popping up everywhere I go. Maverick, Hudson, Mason, and Brooklyn. It's best I stay as far away from them as possible. It would be better if, to never know them than to have them and lose them when they learn the truth. I can never be theirs. And so... um. It's a reverse harem omega verse. I actually really, really enjoyed this, right? I could, even if I didn't read the description, I could have told you that their names were Maverick, Hudson, Mason, and Brooklyn. Her name is Summer. Her old pack's name are Martin, um, JF, and Raven. Like, I could tell you her best friend, Aria. Like, I could tell you all of these things about this book. <laughs> and I was talking with my friend and I said, through, oh, so summer it, the book starts with summer she's at the um bus station she has like a red high well actually no she's she's actually taking money out of every atm on her way to the bus station because that's that was the best way for her to have the money right mm-hmm. um and then she took a bus and she was just like oh um where the wherever the first like the, the next bus is going that's where i'm going and then the person saw like the person rec- recognized her black eye and all of that and so then they were like okay just no you i'm not even gonna charge you like good luck whatever so she ends up like taking a couple buses whatever she ends up in chicago so she ran from new york to chicago right and so in chicago she ends up eventually like finding a place and settling in and like um becoming basically creating a whole different identity for herself except she kept her name but she basically a whole new identity and then she's taking like a lot of bond suppressant and like um uh heat suppressants because she doesn't want to go through that or whatever so she's working at a bar and she runs into um she she runs into the pack basically except for brooklyn and they immediately recognize her as their faded mates she doesn't because she can't because she's already mated and so they were very confused by why she was not recognizing them as 
such. And then she runs into Brooklyn who, and that's another thing. I didn't realize that this was like, not, this was like really like MMNFF. And I like that. I like that everybody was fucking everybody type thing, you know? Not that everybody was fucking everybody, but you know what I'm saying? I like that it was like, it felt more like a wholesome relationship versus like a, a one-sided relationship. And you know me, I said, I love a good MM in my Omegaverse. But anyways, so she ends up like, but slowly they decided that, okay, if she doesn't know, we have to like just slowly wound her or whatever. But because she doesn't know that she's sub- like un- like subconsciously, um, unsubconsciously, unconsciously unconsciously so because she doesn't re- she doesn't realize that she's unconsciously rejecting them because she doesn't recognize them as her mate she started going through pains when she goes to the doctor that's when she finds out that basically the other pack was drugging her and they were never her real mates they just wanted to impregnate her right and so she has to mm-hmm. get off of these drugs when she has to get off of these drugs because of that it forces her heat to come closer and her then she ends up yeah. yeah so then she ends up like hooking up with the guys at the end of the book though what happens is that like she overhears them talking and they're like we have to tell her that we are her faded mates because we don't and especially now that we've gone through the heat with her but then she takes that as a oh here's another pack just um trying to deceive me and abuse me type thing so it ends on a cliffhanger where she texts the other pack as well and she's just like i know what you guys did and i'm over it i'm gonna expose it but there's like a whole other like thing going on with them because they they decided to they, they have to get like stronger drugs to knock around it, it was really good that i'm not gonna hold you i was entertained i was really mad that it ended on a cliffhanger and bitch haven't even started writing the next book yet because it's not even you know how usually when you like if another book is supposed to come out it'll be like oh release on whatever date like there's not it's not even it doesn't even exist yet which upsets me but i really enjoyed it and the reason why i enjoyed it was because even though this is like a tip like a reverse harem typical omega verse story these characters felt like people to me like they felt real they felt tangible they weren't just like archetypes like they didn't just have like oh a moody one and a fun one and a and and the 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 masochistic you know what i'm saying they didn't have that like they had like when i was reading these characters i felt like they were like actual people and i didn't feel like they were their archetypes their their archetypes that and that's why i really enjoyed it like i said i I know everybody's name because they were people you know but yeah so that was it i gave it um 3.5 stars but i it's on on it says three Okay, cool. So our book of the month uh, for last month was Devon and Chris Plan a Wedding. And it is by um, Chensia C. Higgins. And the synopsis is, Devon and Chris have six weeks to plan their dream wedding. Their whole relationship is fake. Instant I Do could be Chris Zavala's big break. She's right on the cusp of really making it as an influencer. So stint on a reality TV is show is the perfect chance to elevate her brand. And the $100,000 wouldn't hurt either. Devon Miller is just trying to break out of her shell. She's sort of neglected to come out to her mom for years. So a big splashy fake wedding is just the excuse she needs. All they have, in co- all they have to do is convince their friends and family they're getting married in six weeks. If anyone guesses they're not for real, they're out. Selling their chemistry on camera is surprisingly easy, and it's still there when no one else is watching, which is an unexpected bonus. Winning this competition is going to be a piece of wedding cake. 
But each week of the competition brings new challenges, and soon the prize money is not the only thing at stake. A reality show isn't the best place to create a solid foundation, and their fake wedding might just derail the relationship before it starts. So yeah, that was the book that we read. I can't even remember my my. It's so funny because I couldn't. It's mm-hmm. so funny because I couldn't remember the book. And even when you're reading the description, that was when I was slowly starting to remember the book. Right. But then it's even now I'm still like, <laughs> I'm still like, oh yeah, what happened again? Which is so bad because like I, I gave it, I think I gave it four stars maybe. I think it was like 3.5, but I gave it four yeah. or something. Actually, I think that was me too. I think I gave it three, it, it was a 3.5, but I gave it four on Goodreads. Okay, so basically, like, they're on this reality show where you have six weeks to convince your family that you're getting married, and you actually go through, like, the whole stuff of, like, getting a venue, um, you know, like, getting your vows, trying on dresses, blah, 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 blah. The, ki- the thing is that this is, like, all LGBTQ plus couples, so, like, that's the sort of theme for this year, um, and that's where Chris and Devon meet, um, because Chris isn't, like, a stud, and Devon is in the closet, so yes. they all both have like really interesting and like <clears throat> like things going for them and that's why they were picked and they were matched and they of course had instant like sexual att- attraction to each other so when they got picked as a couple they're like oh this is great you know and uh we kind of get to know chris's family more i think than devon's devon's mom is like religious and there's like the big scene where that she's at the church with yes. chris for the first time and they that's when her mom finds out and like everybody at the church is actually like supportive which happens guys it does happen uh but uh you know for them as like individuals it's like trying to figure out do they actually like me or is this for the money is this for the television show television show and so we see them kind of like sort that out like chris honestly chris is like in it to win it like chris is like i love you you're like chris is like what you think of a stereotypical lesbian and I happen to know a lot of lesbians, so, like, stereotypical. Like, lesbians, they meet, they're in love on the second date, they're moving in on the third date, okay? Chris is ready to do all that. I mean, no, <laughs> that ass. Like, they they really at that in this ter- in terms of this for this show, because for this right. book. Because, like, it's so believable. It, it was the same thing with um, The Ultimatum for me. I was, like, for the series of, les- like, the season of the les- the queer folk on the ultimatum because let me tell you it was so believable i am also going to a lesbian wedding so i i have a lot of lesbian friends i'm allowed to say that these people they meet like monday they're to get they're moving in by like wednesday <laughs> like no no shade, no shade right 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 so devon was the one who was kind of like the obstacle in this relationship because devon is insecure obviously devon is also in the closet and comes from a really religious family so Devon had a lot more to lose, whereas Chris's whole family was super supportive and just like 100% about like their kids being authentic and being happy. And so, I mean, we see the trials and tribulations. Um, it's an okay book. Like, I thought the chemistry was there. I thought that the reality aspect of it was interesting. Um, I liked, so for me, I thought that I, I remember now, I remember that I thought the chemistry was good. And I thought while reading the book, I was very like smiley and stuff. Um, but I yeah. think I didn't yeah, like the reality aspect and I didn't like that there really wasn't any like conflict really, if that means like yeah, you know what I'm saying? Really like- wasn't. It was it was all like interpersonal stuff from Devon more so and just like like, like if there they was communicated no, yeah. better, 
it would have it there would have been zero conflict you know like, like there was no yeah. like there was nothing that was like oh we did that like you know what i'm saying there was nothing that yeah. like no big like boom in the show so right in the book right, right. sorry yeah so i mean it was cute um, yeah we for the most part like everybody in the book club kind of enjoyed it it was an easy read as well it was like definitely very much like a summer by the beach read I think I read it in one night it was yeah fine. I think most yeah. people read it in one night because it was just it was a nothing book you didn't have to think about anything right but it was it was cute and it was like entertaining enough not to be like really boring so there is that and yeah um we enjoyed it um, just very quickly, I did watch the last two episodes of Secret Invasion. Mm, tell um, me more. So basically, so Nick Fury is married to a scroll who is also who's like human shell, I guess, whatever, is a black lady. He finds out she's been literally working him literally the entire time that they know each other. But she gets this like she gets um orders to kill him from Gravik and Rhodey, who we find out is a scroll. So Rhodey literally has been acting like an uncle tom from time like in my opinion anyways from captain um from falcon and the winter soldier i didn't like how he was talking to falcon um and i just like him being best friends with tony and just like having and and being so big in the military like he's always given like kind of like uncle tom vibes in my opinion but he really ramped it up on these tv shows and so he because he fired nick furry right he fired him and and he was like he, i volunteered to do it kind of thing mm-hmm. and we find out that he's a scroll but even if he wasn't a scroll i feel like real roadie might have done it anyway so there's that but like we get confirmation that roadie is a scroll in this t- in this one and he kind of like tries to get the president of america murdered uh but he fails because nick Fury's like prevents that amelia clark is still fantastic in this her character gets shot you think she's dead because she betrayed gravix she didn't die um she took i think i think gravix has created some like super scroll serum that basically allows them to like be fine if they get shot or like if they get serious injuries so i think that's what they're working with now talos maybe dies i don't know we we just see him and he's He's literally like on the battlefield and passed out and murdered. <laughs> I don't know who knows. But the more like the interesting thing about Tukin Invasion, in my opinion, I have seen people say that like Disney's trying to push like a um an agenda where like t- like the villains even if they have points are villains and we're going to vilify it. And he like, I've seen people like kind of link it back to um, Cat, uh, Black Panther mm-hmm. with what's his name's character. Um, <clears throat> Michael B. Jordan's character, whose name mm-hmm. I can't remember right now, but um, you know, like he made points, right? Like he was like, uh, he made points. Y'all, y'all be stealing from us. Y'all enslaved us. You, you didn't do anything. Your Wakanda didn't do anything. So why can't we get our own? Like they made, but they vilified him anyways right and so like i think we're seeing that like here with the roadie versus um nick fury kind of thing as well too because nick fury is very like establishment 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 like even if he bends the rules he justifies it by saying it's for the greater good of like the nation and the world but it's very very pro-establishment and you know anybody who differs in that opinion is bad in graphic like they have it like okay Gravik had some points too. He said basically, like, why can't we just kill all the humans? They're (laughs) 
No, but think about it. He's like, they're willing to kill each other and they're killing this planet. So why don't we just get rid of them and we can take care of this planet? Like, we're not going to ruin it. And I was like, you know what, Gravix, you got some points here. Like, because um, we're not doing a good job of it here. And we can't even get along with each other. So there's no way in hell we're going to allow a million Skrull just to live here. You know what I mean? So I I kind of looked at it and I was like, hey, you know what? I'm not on Team Gravic, but I understand what he's doing and why he's doing it because we're not much better at this yeah. point, okay? Uh, but yeah, uh, it's still really good. There's only two episodes left. So I'm like, I kind of feel like it's too slow for six episodes. Oh. I think that it needed to be fast. Like, I think the first, I think I watched the first three episodes or two episodes or whatever, and they were good and they were like really well paced. Like a lot was going on, but it, it you had time to breathe. I felt like these last two episodes were really slow and they focused a lot on Nick and his wife, which didn't really have the impact that it needed to have. Cause literally like they put guns to each other, like they were going to kill each other. And then they shot like to the side. Cause like, they, <laughs> they loved each other too much to kill each other, which was cute. It was cute scene, but I was like, this has nothing to do with anything. Like, this has no bearing like it, it was just kind of weird. So that's my only thing. I don't know. Like there's only two episodes left. We'll see how that goes. We'll go. But yes, let us talk about, do we have time for a topic? Uh, we can, how about we just, you tell me about Beyonce for a little bit. Mm. So I saw Beyonce on Sunday, uh, Renaissance tour in Toronto. And here's the thing. I was downtown on Saturday as well because I had some errands to run. And it was literally like Beyonce world. Like everywhere I went to was playing Beyonce. Yes. And when I was downtown, literally like there's all these people on the street dressed for Renaissance. Because, you know, like the theme is like, you know, mm-hmm. sequins and sparkles and metallic. Yeah, and I need to get my outfit. I need to get my outfit together. <laughs> right. Right. And I saw people with flags from like Brazil. The lady who does my eyebrows, she was telling me how like, um she did some people from texas she did some people from virginia like people literally were coming down because i didn't realize it but her toronto shows were literally the the kickoff of her north american tour yeah so these are the first tours that like concerts that she did here so i i understood why people who didn't want to wait for her to come to them would want to like be there at the start right and you know the canadian dollar is shit right now so i guess it's just very beneficial yeah so there's that so saturday i was downtown it was beyonce's world it was great so sunday we went down and the doors opened at 5 30 we went for dinner we went to like jack astor's downtown whatever me and my sisters and then we we made our way to the the venue around like seven because it said that the concert was like supposed to officially start at seven. First of all the concert didn't start till nine o'clock guys so we were there for like an hour and a half i think waiting nine oh, o'clock yeah beyonce was late so well i she's i've heard that she's mostly always late for the stores this tour so right right but nine o'clock damn it was late i know so she came late and we were like kind of getting tired of waiting but then the concert started and we forgot all about being tired okay so and one thing i really liked about the tour is i don't want i don't want you to tell me which song she performed okay i won't say that because, I will tell you a song. Because I want to, because then I want to compare to see what she performed on my for my show and what she performed for your show. Okay, so I won't say exactly what she performed, but what I did like about the concert is because Renaissance is a party album. 
um, and there's no real ballads on it. She did. Start yeah, with- I know that. I mean, I know that. Yeah. I know, yeah, I know so, the ones that she always sings for every tour, yeah, but like sometimes yeah. she doesn't. Like I don't want to know like the guest songs. Like I know her set list. I just don't want to know like the surprise songs that she sings. You know? Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I wouldn't know what would be the surprise song to be honest. Oh. Um, so I'm just not gonna say any songs really that she performed. I'm gonna say that like I like that she started with ballads because then the rest of the tour was like party. Yeah. songs and so that was the fun part she performed some of my favorite songs some of the songs she performed were kind of surprising because i'm like i don't think i don't know why black like, parade is like you know, i don't I was know just about to why say, she does i was that. literally i didn't want to say it but i was like no but i know i knew because i'm just like why is she doing black sense. parade like come on like really like be serious beyonce be right, serious. right i think it was her black power moment because when she finished it she had her fist in the air or whatever and i'm like but you just did formation formation does all of that it's fine um her, cost, her costumes oh my her outfits were i can't wait to see i'm so excited I, like she looked so fucking good did, did toronto her, do the um did, the the did, did they do the silent did they do it the silent what what do you mean you know in um shit where she goes ah, never mind i can't remember right now but when i remember okay. i'll tell you um, I will say that when she did Love on Top, you know, the ending part, we must have sang that like five times. Oh, she had to tell that's what I was talking about. You know, okay. when she's like, everything stop. Yeah. And oh, yeah, they, she did that. No, she I did, did that. Every, and everyone went, no, sorry. It's Renaissance when, um, when she goes, the whole world goes on mute. And like everybody in the crowd is supposed to go quiet because she stops for a bit. Did she do that? She did. And did everybody go quiet? Because people don't, yeah. some people don't do that. That's why I'm asking. Well, um, we, I feel like we were all silent in the parts where we were supposed to be silent. Okay. Like, you know, world stop kind of stuff. Um, but like the best part for me, obviously, was when like me and my sisters, we all have our favorite songs. Like my, my youngest sister, her favorite song is Church Girl. Mm-hmm. And then my favorite song is Amer- is um, Alien Superstar, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also Cuff It and um, All Up In Your Mind. And my other sister's favorite song was... She performed uh, All Up In Your Mind at your show? She did not. She did uh... not. No, did you, like, did you see that, that video of some girl talking about Beyonce's a liar? She literally has a, a t-shirt that she's selling that says no skips, but she skipped two songs from the album. <laughs> And yet, Black Parade is on it. Okay, this is what I this is what I mean. But but some of the songs that she performed, like she didn't perform full versions of them. But like there was one set um, where she performed like stuff from like B Day and like yeah. um, I'm Sasha Fierce, and I went nuts because B Day is Beyonce's best album. I don't care. You don't. You can argue with the wall at this one. B Day is Beyonce's best album, and it's my favorite album to this day. I before I came in, like before I um came on with you, I was listening to um Resentments. Resentments but, um, really good. I know, I know. But before that, I was listening to Got Me Body. Like I love Everybody's B-Day. also really good. My favorite oh, oh. is Self Titled. Can't hold you. Like that's literally my favorite album. Really? Okay. I'm the only song I actually still listen to from that album is Jealous. I don't know why I, I, I really like Jealous. I listen to yeah. all of it because it's mm, like, okay. it's a very special album to me. Very Aww. special time in my I life. I feel like even though Four is not my favorite album, Four has songs that I listen to more than some of the other albums that I do. See, prefer. I don't I don't think I really listen much to things on Four to be honest. I love um I miss you start over and dance for you 
and obviously Countdown Dance for You yeah. Dance yeah. for You is probably my favorite off that yeah. album I don't like Countdown yeah just because like that's like that was the leading single but yeah. and then I Miss You's I Miss You's also like okay but like I don't really listen to Four at all to mm. be honest so definitely Dance for You would be my top on that album but anyways yeah. but Wait, let me tell you a little bit more about the concert mm-hmm. okay so um a lot of people brought fans like like renaissance fans and they were wearing those glittery hats so the couple there's a couple behind us mm-hmm. and they moved out like they were bes- behind us but to the to like the left and they had moved to the entrance like to the like entrance exit section and we were right there like we, our seats were right by the exit it was great for leaving because we just like hopped out right but we were like why are they there not in their seats so we turned around because we made friends with the two people behind us. It was like this black lady and this like white lady. And we were all dancing and having a good time and like whatever, right? And we we're like, what's going on? And she's like, I don't know. So the so we see how people came, like staff came and they cleaned up. And we're like, mm-hmm. oh, maybe somebody spilled food or, or drinks or whatever, you know, like that's why they had to leave. So then somebody taps me on my shoulder. I turn around and the girl like leans over and she's like, pink shirt. The girl who's beside them, bruh. And I was like, she did a what? Oh, God. <laughs> so I told my sisters, and let me tell you how Pink Shirt threw up and just stood there. She said, I paid for these tickets and I wouldn't be at this concert. I'm not leaving. So she well, just stood there. I mean, she I threw up, like, got wow. it, she threw up, got it out of her, and then she went to and then she was ready to go. Right, right. I was just like, whoa, this is insane. I will say as well, some of the First of all, the two white people in front of us, they must have been like 21, whatever. They were smoking in there. One. Two, they smell like B.O. I was like, ooh, girls. <laughs> we talk about it at K-pop concerts, but, you know, some of the people at Beyonce's concert also should have brought some deodorant. Or some deodorant. <laughs> you know, just throwing that out there. But I had a good time. It was a party. It was with my sisters. We didn't get home until like after almost one or whatever and I, I, of course I had to shower because I was dancing like I was at the club and um I was also downtown and it's gross yeah. so yeah I didn't literally go to bed until like after one Monday I was a zombie <laughs> literally a yeah zombie. mine is also on a Sunday so yeah. you know it is what it is that and then- but it was definitely on I've seen Beyonce many many times um I saw Destiny's Child I saw Destiny's Fulfilled and I saw Mrs. Carter and I watched her lemonade show. And I will say that Formation this is Tour. Best. Formation Tour, yes. I went to see the Formation Tour. This was the best one. Oh, okay. I'm excited. Literally, literally. Because I, I saw Formation, so I'm, I'm, yeah. I didn't see any of the other ones because I was not in the country. Um. <laughs> I, yeah, I had better. And the thing is, I had floor seats for Formation. So, like, I was even closer to Beyonce. Um, this time, the concert tickets were kind of expensive, so. We, I was not I in the country from most, and yeah. Beyonce did not come to my country for most of her concerts, so. Um, but. But it was really good. It was, Beyonce, literally, you cannot argue with me, Beyonce and Usher, those are the only two people, I think, on this planet who deserve to be, like, connected or, like, even in the same sentence as artists, like, Michael Jackson, Janet Jackson, Whitney Houston, whatever. Like, I don't think you can talk about anybody else really outside of Usher and Beyonce. And I'm definitely going to see I'm Usher's so residency. I know it's expensive, but I know his residency in his Vegas is so expensive. But I'm definitely I have to see Usher before I die. Again. We should I do it. Twice, but I have, yeah, I, I mean, like I've already been to Vegas too. But me too. Um, Let's do yeah. it. Let's yeah. do it. I I have to see Usher. Like, 
it ruined Kiki's relationship is ruined because of this. Okay. I need to see him. Okay. And I like I said, I saw Usher twice in concert already. So it's not like I've never seen him before. I know what he can do. That's um, so, so crazy. Like right. men, uh you know what? Sign this is like a small tidbit and then we are done. But mm-hmm. what Love Island is taught me which i already knew but it's like everything it just reiterates how men are treated as the prize like i don't get it like today like this week especially on twitter just was like men are the prize because how are you going to like not even just love island but like you give a man you know uh, for a month twenty thousand dollars one month and you're you you're giving this man twenty thousand dollars are you insane i mean you you described a book where a man literally committed somnophilia non-consensually of course and um broke into her house got her fired played a lot of mental games and that is supposed to be romantic because he wants her. I like like it's insane. Yeah. And I'm like, we see with Love yeah. Island where everybody got so mad that Catherine s- said fuck that white boy, and band the whole of Britain band together and voted. So like they were supposed to vote for their com- their most compatible couples, and they all band together and voted for Scott and his friendship couple just so that they could suck it to Catherine. And then it was actually quite humiliating how they dumped them too because they were all just they didn't even gather around the fire pit nothing they were just chilling and lounging and i need it was a loss on me how itv decided to show like all of a sudden show Catherine like in every frame of the episode i was like yeah she's going home but the way that they treat this young woman like someone today posted a tweet where they were like oh me when I see Catherine, Elam, Leah, and Montel, it was like a somebody shooting, you know, one of those like shooting um, meme videos. On, yeah, no, one of those shooting meme videos where someone's doing like a drive-by shooting and like killing people. Yeah, and they were like, that's what they were going to do. And then I was just like, is it ever that serious? Like, is it ever that serious? Like, over a white man? Right, right. Like, they really, like, what is like they really 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 think men are the prize and then we see with kiki palmer's whole situation and then the men are like oh women need to be modest like shut the fuck up shut up up. yeah yeah absolutely it's funny because i was listening to beyonce before as i said and and like jay-z literally is like one of my favorite rappers like i listened to him before he got with beyonce whatever like if i listen to rap music which i usually don't as much anymore like I listen to Rick Ross and I listen to Jay-Z like that's it for me right but it's funny when I think about Jay-Z out like with Beyonce and not just Jay-Z as an entity I'm like girl you could do better like I like I remember when Lemonade came out and everybody hated Jay-Z like every single person on this planet hated Jay-Z and even when like when we knew that she was staying with him we're just like all right girl we're just we're just gonna allow it because we know that makes you happy but nobody's cheering for your relationship no one's cheering for your marriage right like it's it's kind of crazy to me that we just like in even in that case where Beyonce is so much better in my opinion anyways than this man he's still the prize like you know how many times during the concert she's like hey miss carter and i'm just like like, my husband and And i'm just like you know i'm singing along anyways because you know it's beyonce but also i'm just like damn like girl like 
Chris Martin is very thirsty at this point. Like you could beg somebody else at this, anybody else at this point, you know. Uh, but you know, men are the prize. So ew. <laughs> except, except, except in anime when it's very clear that the man is the prize, but homophobia <laughs> gets in the way. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, right. That's a great. Thank you guys for listening <laughs> to us. Um, you can find me at Exonini P. You can find Matt at T twenty two Matt. You can also find her on Nyan. You can also find me on Unbothered Unies. Um, thank you guys for listening, and we will catch you later. Uh, you you can find us at Soju Chronicles. Oh yeah. As well on <laughs> I mean, I felt like that was I mean, self-explanatory. <laughs> yeah, but you said it. Uh, and let us know, guys. Also, you know what? Be a little bit more interactive if you like. Um, let us know if you're also watching The Real Has Come and you know your thoughts and opinions on it. Let us know um, if you too think that Naruto is gayer than Kishimoto actually ever realized. And if you are watching Tokyo Ghoul and you also were confused about the third season, let us know. And let us know, oh, give us recommendations too for things to read. Because honestly, if I don't get told to read things, I will just read um, Alpha Omega Naruto fan fictions. Because that's what I've been reading for like the last week. So you guys really just need to be telling me stuff to read and I will read them. But yeah, um, anyways, thank you for your time and we'll see you guys in two weeks. Bye.